Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. If you'll turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2 is where we're at. I can imagine Joseph and Mary in the midst of this difficult time asking Where's God in all of this? I mean, they'd seen angels and they'd seen, you know, they'd seen the angel and they'd had visions and, and, and Mary even went to Elizabeth and Elizabeth said some pretty amazing things. And then Mary herself was compelled to say a bunch of amazing things concerning this birth. But now it seems like everything's gone wrong. It's like God has blocked them and, and everything's gone wrong. And I, I wonder if they wondered, did we do something to offend God? Did we take a wrong turn? Did we do something we weren't supposed to do? Second-guessing themselves as they find themselves kicked out in the middle of the most humiliating circumstances and having their baby and laying your baby in a feeding trough that animals drink from. I mean, think how unsanitary that would feel. And as a mom, how insecure you would be to, to lay your baby in that place. Only second to the ground where the animals have been using, using it as a restroom. And yet, even though they probably felt in that moment that God wasn't there, this perfect gift that they'd been given was actually Emmanuel, God with us at that moment. I think we have those times when we feel like everything's falling apart. Like God's abandoned us. Like everything seems to be going sideways and nothing seems to be coming together. And we contrast that, I think, sometimes with those moments when God provides. Have you guys, how many of you guys have seen God do a miracle and provide in your life? Just raise your hand. Yeah, that's almost everybody. Okay. We've seen God do miracles. I remember when my wife and I, we, we got married. God had provided so much for our wedding. It was, it was just amazing how many things he just provided again and again and again. And we didn't really have any money for a honeymoon. We had, we had one night at a Best Western where she worked and we had a good discount for that. But then we thought, you know, maybe we'll do something more if we have some money. And, and we opened up our wedding gifts and we had a bunch of um, people just gave us money specifically for a honeymoon because they knew that we weren't going to be able to go. And, and so we, we gathered up all the money and we, we had enough to, to do a quick honeymoon. And so we went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and we, we, first we went to a Best Western that was a motel, and that's where we were going to stay, and I was like, well, I think that other one was a Best Western, and so we went over there, and we, we were just going to try to get a good room, and anyway, one thing led to another, the, the manager comes out, and he says, why don't you give him the Glory Bowl suite? And, and so we got a $300 room, it was this massive room for 63 bucks a night, we had luxury honeymoon, and God just provided. And there's times like that where God just provides, and he provides, and you're just like, man, God is so good. This is awesome. But then what about those times when God seemingly doesn't provide? When you're, you're in the depths of, of darkness, and, and you're just struggling, and you're like, God, where are you? And it just seems like God is nowhere. Have you seen that? that, that where it says God is nowhere. 
Does that say God is nowhere or does it say God is now here? So we think that God is nowhere, but actually he's here. He's with us. And isn't it true that oftentimes when we're in the darkest time of our life, that that's when God is the closest to us? If we'll just see it. If we're just willing to see it. It's amazing to me the parallels between Jesus' birth and Jesus' resurrection. You know, it, not only did, were, were the parallels between his, his death and his birth similar, but also the announcement at both. Notice verse 8. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping over the, watch over their flocks by night. These would have been Bethlehem and the hill country around Bethlehem is where the temple shepherds kept their sheep. So these sheep were being raised for Passover and other sacrifices to be done in the temple. It's kind of interesting. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So angels announce his birth, not to kings, not to religious leaders, not to rich, not to powerful, but to shepherds. I don't know how you feel about this story, but to me, this is just super weird. Not just that he announces to shepherds, but why didn't he announce this at the stable? Why didn't the angel show up at the stable and be like, Hey, everybody, the Messiah. And wouldn't that be comforting to Mary? But it didn't happen that way. In fact, at the stable, it was just darkness and difficulty and, and sorrow, probably. And, and then far, far away off into the, in the fields, the angels show up there. They announce the birth to the humblest of all people, the shepherds. Shepherds didn't have a good reputation. You read about shepherds in, in Judea during that time, and they were known as thieves. And, and, you know, you watched your stuff when shepherds were around. And so now the shepherds, the, the most humble of all people that these angels would appear to. You know, it's interesting because even at his resurrection, the, the angels, they, they didn't appear to all the disciples or the religious leaders. They appeared to a, a group of women. Again, as we saw last time, when Elizabeth said, yeah, his name's John, they're like, yeah, I don't think so. You don't know anything. We'll ask, his hus- ask her husband. And Zacharias had to say, yeah, his name's John. They were marveled. Ooh, she wasn't dishonest about it, you know? Taking advantage of, of Zacharias's muteness, you know, <laughs> or whatever. The women didn't have a lot of respect. And I love this because Jesus brings respect. He brings honor to people who are cast off by society. And think about this. I mean, what manger scene, what, what celebration of Christmas do we not have shepherds there? And, and, and when we think about women, look what the gospel has done for women around the world. Everywhere the gospel has gone, women are elevated. And everywhere the gospel has not gone, women are looked at as property or less than. It's amazing how Jesus always goes to those who are, are humbled by society or outcast by society, and he brings honor to them. The angels announce this resurrection, or excuse me, this, this birth, and they say it's for all people. This is a gift for all people, and that's why he went to, they went to shepherds. Because, you know, you'd, you'd say, well, oh yeah, you know, it's, it's for the good people. 
but not for those people. He goes to the lowest to let, to let it be known to everybody. This, this gift is to all people. And he is the savior, they say. He's the savior. Why a savior? Because we need saving, guys. Because we're fallen and wretched and miserable and sinful and we have, we have failed and we have fallen and we are wicked in our hearts. And God comes to us to save us. He brings His Son to us to save us from our sin. You know, if you know yourself, you know that your heart is desperately wicked. That you're, you're, you're capable of horribly wicked things. He didn't come to you to save you to be religious. He came to save you to be his child. And we needed a savior. We're, we're, we're fallen, we're sinful. So he, he sends a savior. He is also the Christ, the promised one, the anointed one, the Messiah. That's what this word means. He's the Christ. Remember all the way back in the Garden of Eden when mankind fell, God promised that he would send the seed of the woman, speaking of a virgin birth, a Messiah who would crush the head of the serpent, take away the authority that the devil has taken over mankind. And that whoever would believe would would be set free from that, the Bible tells us. God sent his son to the world because he loved the world and whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's good news that he is also Lord. I, I think this is one that we overlook a lot of times. You know, I want Jesus the Savior. I need to be saved from my sin. I want Jesus the Messiah. God promised somebody would come and, and undo that curse. But we're not saved for ourselves, guys. We're saved for God's purposes. And, and He is Lord. Not just the Savior, not just the Messiah, but Lord of all. To Him, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so we have to let him be our Lord. I know sometimes we don't want to let him be our Lord, do we? Like, no, I just do things my way. Not thy will, but my will be done. And yet sometimes we sing, we'll sing in church. I surrender all. You know, we sing those songs. I surrender. We have sing a lot of songs about surrender. And if we were honest with ourselves half the time, we would be singing, I surrender a little bit. I surrender none, you know. All for me, I'm living for myself. I, you know, I, we're, I mean, I'm obviously not the, the songwriter here, but we, we wouldn't, you know, we, would, we shouldn't sing that unless we mean it. And, and he is Lord. It means that he's in control and we should be saying, Lord, whatever you want, whatever you want in my life, that's what I want. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, Call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.